Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. We're going to have a wonderful hour of guy talk. I've got the studio so packed full of guys. I don't know how this is going to work, but uh, we've got uh, George Fraser, the co-host of Real Recovery, Pastor Tom Brock, Mark Senius, and Brad Johnson all in studio. So it's going to be a lively hour. We are all from the era where we lived in a day where we faded our own genes. Uh, So we all have a lot in common, and we're going to have a, a great discussion. If you have any topic you'd like us to discuss, let us know what it is. Mark and Brad are in uh, media. They are uh, professors here teaching right here at the University of Northwestern. Pastor Tom Brock will answer any question, and George and I will just sit here and and do whatever we do, George. So we're going to take a little break, 60 seconds, and we'll be back with Guide Talk. Hi, I'm Susie Larson. The Faith Radio Fall Fundraiser is coming soon. I want to personally invite you to join us in supporting this ministry, an outreach that's steadily growing in radio signals, connecting with more and more listeners, finding us online or on the app, or listening on demand to our podcasts. Your financial partnership makes programs like mine possible. In addition to the relevant Bible preaching and family-focused teaching, helping to make the connection between faith and life every single day. God is at work through Faith Radio, and we would love to have you be a part of keeping this ministry strong and growing. Your gift today will give us a strong start to fall share and help us build the financial base needed for sharing the message of hope through Christ all year long. Here's how you can get involved. Call 877-933-2484 to join our support team or give online at myfaithradio.com. And join us Tuesday, September 10th for the start of our fall share. Welcome to the show. We've got Guy Talk this hour. We're going to have the Queens of the Round Table coming up next, but in this hour, I want to say a special hello to all of my guests. George Fraser, say hello. Billy. There we go. Pastor Tom Brock. Hello. Yeah, right. And then Mark Senius. Hello. Yeah, there we go. And Brad. How you doing? <laughs> well, how are we going to compete with that? No, I, 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 I live I, in a swamp and I'm three-dimensional. No. <laughs> my, my wife says I, that my voice is too low. I said, I'm, not, I'm seriously not trying to do this. I've just been, you know, afflicted. We'll just call him Butter for the rest of the show. That's this is hard to compete with, though. Uh, yeah. uh, you are a little under the weather, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it sounds worse than it is. I'll okay. just be over here like this. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, you guys. Hello. I'm a corporate symbol. Yeah. If I was ever in a movie, my line would be, hey, you guys, let's get out of here. <laughs> and Brad would go, let's reload. Yeah. In a world. In a world. Yeah. And I'd be the, you know, hopefully be the voiceover guy. Right? All right. That great passage in Proverbs as one, as iron sharpens iron, so one man another. What does that mean to you guys? Don't answer all at once. It means I we have got a lot of time to fill. I have an accountability partner. Okay. He's an older Christian man that I check in with a lot. We pray for each other and we hold, uh, you know, we hold each other accountable and 
At least he holds me accountable. <laughs> but he's got a wife. But anyway, um, so that's what it means. All right. Yeah, I mean, don't let, you know, you don't want hardness of sin to enter and you want to encourage one another. And so, you know, to have that community with other people, uh, especially other men, uh, that you can walk through life together. I think that that's, you know, I can't, I, I mean, I think back of all the friends that I have, it's like, I can't imagine, you know, living without having that, you know, Christ in them talking to me. Mm-hmm. So living that out. Brad, what do you got? You know, I, I kind of think of it as sort of literal kind of sometimes I, I think of, you know, the literal sword sharpening the sword or something like that. And and so I, I probably take it a little bit too literal, being that I'm the tech guy. Right. Well, and I'm the creative. And so he and I work together quite a bit. And mm-hmm. so there's yeah. that iron sharpening iron, just the things that I'm really good at. Um, he's not. He's just not good at them. But then the thing he's really good at, I'm not good at either. That's true. And so um, I think you just sort of need that. I mean, we all have gifts according to the grace that God has given us. So therefore, we want to use them, as it says in Romans 12. And so, I mean, to you have to have that, you know, sort of spirit and camaraderie that's like, you know, I don't know everything. I don't have it all together. And he doesn't have it all together. But, you know, together, perhaps we can... You know, fumble our way through you know, a couple of blind squirrels trying to find a nut <laughs> right, somewhere, right. and here we go. Totally. When you, when you so. think of iron sharpening iron, though, what, what, what image do you see? Do you see sparks flying, or do you see calm, or what do you see? Because I see sparks flying. I, I see I pencils. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think you can, Billy. Yeah. I think you need to have guys that have your permission to tell you what they're saying mm-hmm. and that you have confidence that it's not going to go anywhere, that what you tell them is going to stay there. And it goes back and forth. And I see it as kind of a refining. But iron denotes strength to me, that there's strength because they believe in the Word of God and try to live it out. So there's that, you know, mutual respect, but also accountability that I think is really important. I t- when, many years ago when I was in college, I had a buddy who's still a great friend. And w- periodically we would do what we called 10 minutes of truth, where he would tell me, uh, where I was strong and where I was weak, and I would do the same with him. And I think that helped me early on round off some of my rough edges. Yeah, You're not speaking to him anymore now, though, no. of course. Yeah, no. He offended me, and I said, <laughs> get out of my life. I love that. Um, when, uh, when you think of uh, the cheerful heart as good medicine, but mm. a crushed spirit dries up the bones, have you guys throughout your life had seasons of, I mean, that you would say, darkness or dark night of the soul or or I'll use the, the word depression. I mean, it seems like men are more susceptible in this age range than younger. Hmm. We're all, I mean, Tom, you, you're, you're, the elder, you're the elder state, statesman here. I don't, you know, I had a, I just went to Omaha to see friends and do a, be at a wedding. And one of my friends my age said, Tom, do you struggle with depression? I really don't. My struggle is uh, anxiety and being overly guilty about stuff. But I, by, I'm kind of like my mom. She just <laughs> wasn't very emotional and not real deep. <laughs> and I'm kind of grateful for that because I never get suicidal or anything like that. That's good. Yeah. I just had a listener chime in and say, so cool to hear Pastor Tom Brock on the show. Met him a few times and heard him speak years ago. Wow. A, great, a great man of God. Thank you. Yeah. If she has 2.3 million, have her send it in. Really? Yeah, well. You're looking for donations, <laughs> aren't we all? Um, anybody else on that? 
I mean, I, I think I, I go through life with like rose colored glasses. I'm super optimistic. Good for you. I mean, you know, there's. I believe that too. Uh, and, you know, if the dead body's there, it's like, oh, I don't know. I think we can maybe get a few more minutes out of it. Let's raise the dead. <laughs> exactly. And so, I, but, you know, but even in that, I mean, there, I think there are times when you just, you, you do struggle with things and it's like, you know, it's that sorrowful but always rejoicing kind of world that we're in. There's the already but not yet. I mean, there's the gl- gravity of God and there's the gladness of God. And I tend to look more on the gladness side of things than probably the gravity side. But um, but there's always those things that, that do challenge you. And um, But there's just that hope that's before you that I sort of have a tendency to cling to. But I've had some really dark times. Um, you know, there are some times, you know, certainly in my marriage where, you know, probably 20 years ago where it was just really, really hard. And, you know, it's like, are we going to make it? And, you know, it's like, you know, but it's like, well, we're going to, we're going to keep going and we're just going to, you know, we're going to endure. And, um, but more than that, it's like, okay, this is not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just have, it just sort of changes the way that you think. Like, we don't have to follow Jesus, right? You don't have to do it. Yeah. But you get to, yeah, and that's a whole different thing. It's like, hey, we get to follow Jesus. It's like there's there's a way that he, you know, things that we can learn and that that you know that you want him to increase and you to decrease, right? And so, um, I mean, I think it can be easy to wallow, and that's um, and it's really a hard place. And I think you you have when you go there, you just have to you got to be there, and and uh, you can't force anybody out of that particular area, but you can certainly. You know, that's where that accountability and you have your friends that are there to mm-hmm. kind of go alongside you and you weep with those who weep. And that's all you can do sometime. You can't be like Job's friends and, well, maybe if you did this or maybe if you did that. Um, but there's that patience and uh, so. But Yeah, I know a lot of people's ears perked up when you said I went through a period where we're, my wife and I thought, are we going to make it? Because there's a lot of people listening right now that are in that same boat. So can you offer, uh, Mark, just a little uh, bit of of building up their their hope and confidence if they're feeling a little bit well i think you know just, just let you know let no man separate and i think that when you know you have your these two sinful people and you both think you're right and and um and you know if there's repentance on one side and you know and then there's just the hurting that that comes along with that and it just takes time and you know and and sanctification sometimes i think we uh see it as a straight line and um, and it's just, it just isn't. I mean, it's just roller coaster of love, right? And so you're just gonna. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's just not. It just doesn't go straight. Yeah. And and so and so it's like you know there just has to be that patience that you have. Um, that you know even when things are kind of you know communication is just you know where you're completely on different pages. That at the end of the day, there's just like okay, we know where our hope is. And and to really just cling to who Christ is, um, certainly through prayer. And I'm not a good prayer guy, but um, but you know, but certainly um, knowing who He is and that He carries you through through these different difficult situations. And you know, and then suddenly you're on the other side, and it's like, oh, this is you know, okay. And then something else will come along because mm-hmm. it's never it's never going to be complete. Yeah, just got another text from a listener that said, uh, please ask Mark not to sing anymore. <laughs> so, I'm sure that was there. That, that's, that seemed kind of inappropriate. From the joke, from the oh, joke writer. Man. Right. Oh, man. So, Guy Talk is this hour. Let us know whatever questions you'd like us to uh, kick around, grapple, chew on. We will do whatever you'd like. Let us know. 877-933-2484. The Power Panel, George Fraser, 
Tom Brock, Pastor Tom Brock, Mark Senius, and Brad Johnson. We're all here uh, to talk and take on any issue you have for us. Again, 877-933-2484. Back in 90 seconds. Guide Talk. We've got uh, George Fraser here, Pastor Tom Brock, Mark Senius, and Brad Johnson. So we've got a full roundtable of uh, guys who are ready to take on any subject you've got. I just had a listener say, I laughed when he's saying, got to have that sense of humor. Nice going, Mark. <laughs> I promise I won't sing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I realize that. Yeah. So let's talk about some uh, verses in Scripture that, that you have really... Uh, studied, memorized, committed to, I hate the word life first, because I think there's so much in Scripture, but is there any verse that you guys want to talk about? Welcome to Guy Talk. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody's going to say yeah. We call you this know. the Mr. Blinky Show. We've got <laughs> yeah. five guys blinking at each other. I got one on that. At the big Philippians 4, 6, or 8, to not be anxious about anything but in everything, present your request to God with thanksgiving, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I think that's close. The big part, and that's the Tim Keller deal, is that the reason we do it with Thanksgiving, Billy, is that uh, God answers our prayers exactly the way we would if we had all the, you know, information he does. And for me, that really goes, okay, do I trust God? Does God really love me? Kind of what you were talking about earlier, you go to the end result when, you know, all my things have worn out, and God does love me, and he is in control, and it's all good. And that one has been huge for me. Yes, a similar verse would be Jeremiah thirty-two forty. God makes an everlasting covenant with us that he'll never stop doing good for us, and he'll put the fear of him in our hearts so that we'll never turn from him. What verse is that, Mark? Jeremiah thirty-two forty. 32, and 40. it's like, you know, here's somebody that, you know, that it's like he will never stop doing good for you. It doesn't, doesn't say he's, he's going to make it easy for you. It's like he's going to make it good for you. And so there's going to be hard times, right? And and but those times ultimately are good. I mean, I can think back on some of the events in my life that were just, you know, these moments where, you know, man intended him for evil, but God intended him for good. And it's like, man, my whole life changed in a dime when that really bad thing happened. And I can look back on it now. It's like, man, if that hadn't happened, you know, I wouldn't be married, wouldn't have children, wouldn't be here at Northwestern, wouldn't know Brad, wouldn't get to work with her, wouldn't be here. I mean, it's just so much stuff that you just... It's like, you know, that sovereignty of God and the way that he works out his plan. It's like sometimes it's just so unfathomable because we, you know, we don't go around the Red Sea, you know. <laughs> right. So. I was thinking Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest mm. not. I love it. And then, of course, Jeremiah, nobody listens, you know, right? You know, (laughs) (laughs) Jeremiah's like, dude, listen to this. And you're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I'll tell you a big verse for me. I was 20 years old leading a Bible study in college. And after the Bible study, a college girl says, Tom, can I talk to you privately? And I said, yeah, well, Tom, are you sure you're saved? And I was a little offended. I said, I think I'm saved. And Tom, are you sure? And I said, yes. And she left, and I'm sitting there thinking, did I just lie? Because I don't think I was, sure. Hmm. I think I was a believer. I think I was saved, but I didn't have that assurance. And it was about that time that First John 5.13 was explained or it came true to me. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. 
because it's based on what Christ did, not what I do. And I, you know, just the the when that came clear to me, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be good enough because you never can be. It's only by the grace of God. And that promise in First John five thirteen changed my life. Yeah. yeah, it's like well, the song by David Crowder. I won't sing him because I don't have the right beard. But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's there's a song "Come as You Are." It's like you're never too far. I mean, you're you know, it's, no matter what kind of sin, it's like you're never too far. As long as you're breathing, it's like you're never mm-hmm. too far. Where you can like, okay, I see the reality here of who God is, and and who Christ is, and Holy Spirit, and it's like. And I can turn to that, and it's like that can happen, like, right now. I think uh, one of the verses I really love, it's not a life verse, it's just a verse I love, and it's probably a good uh, verse for a guy talk, is John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. <laughs> there you go. A, a it's short. It's so the easiest it, one to it's memorize. It's easy to memorize. We can all walk out of here saying, <laughs> I've memorized Scripture today uh, on the yeah. show. But also that, that Jesus would step into their pain and discomfort mm-hmm. and literally cry, mm-hmm. and knowing what he was going to be doing next. He would still take time to step into their pain. And I ask myself, how willing am I to get uncomfortable with other people's discomfort? I think, guys, sometimes we kind of sit back, don't we? And mm-hmm. we're a little bit afraid to step in. So oh, a little bit of conflict. Oh, but I'll just uh, see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. Over here if you need me. Yeah. It's a lot easier to just, you know, sit at home with the remote control and mm-hmm. flip the channel and not to have to talk. You know, it, it's easier. Yeah. Um, anybody else? I yeah, I, I, you know, I wanted to pile on something that we talked about, the depression and the anxiety. It ties in with your verse, Mark, is that when I get into my own head and focus on me, I get in trouble. But when I focus on who Christ is and what he said, I'm okay. And that this is a bad neighborhood upstairs. Can't go on it alone. But I got a Bible I can go to. And when I get miserable enough and I get sick of you know, feeling sorry for myself. That works every time. Yeah, was it Martin Lloyd-Jones who said, you know, don't talk to yourself, but preach to yourself? It was. So, I just yeah. read a book uh, by Jason Meyer on him. It took yeah. me four months to read it. Wasn't that funny, but it was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and here's an example. In the Psalms, uh, so, uh, why art thou disquieted within me, O my soul? Hope in the Lord for, you, you know, in, in, there's a psalm where David, I think, is, is preaching to himself. Yeah. Well, so many Psalms are just yeah, that totally. where just yep. like there's so much angst and anxiety and like, what is this happening? Why do all the good people get all the yep. good things and I get nothing? Yep. And, you know, so many Psalms are that. And I remember, I remember an old pastor telling us, when you get depressed, open the book of Psalms and read a Psalm out loud. That's kind of like preaching to yourself. But boy, the Psalms are great when you're depressed, just to read them out loud. Here's a text that just came in. This is the first time hearing guy talk. Does this happen every day? If not, it needs to. This feels like it's something that would take off and become much needed part of the radio station. Yes, I'm a guy and relate to many of your topics. Much thanks to all you guys. Does he talk? Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we should get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say. Totally. Because you guys, I'm not so sure about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. I am not so sure about you guys. All right, here's a, a listener has asked... Um, how do you know that you have gone from death to life in Christ? What are the signs of that conversion? What did that look like in your life? Pastor, anyone want to jump in there? Well, you know, it's my story is kind of strange because I was raised in the church, and I think I've been saved a long time, even as a kid, 
but the light bulb went on when I was 20. Okay. I mean, I was pr- re- praying, reading my Bible. I believed in Christ and his death and resurrection. But the light bulb went on, and it became central to me when I was 20. And how do I know I went from death to life? Well, um, part of it was, again, that verse, 1 John five thirteen. I came to know I was saved. And again, I'm of the opinion that I was saved before that. I think you can be saved without having the assurance I don't want to live like that, but I think there are people who are saved. But, I mean, we all have our doubts even after conversion. But um, so how do you know you've gone from death to life? Part of it has to be not we're not saved by good works, uh, but good works show whether we've been saved. When you say we have doubts after conversion, do you mean doubts in yourself or doubts in God? I, well, both. Okay. Yeah. I don't have doubts help in God. My, help my unbelief. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's true. And you know, yeah. there's. I think that there's that piece that mm-hmm. would always happen, and and it's, you know, you, there's that. There's always that gap between what you believe and the way you live your life out. And yeah. another verse in Jeremiah where it's like, you know, you either, uh, you know, either produce fruit or I think it's Jeremiah 17, but it's like you either pr- you you, uh, you produce fruit or you you produce thorns, mm-hmm. and you know, um, when the heat comes, you know, when you're out there in the in the desert, and so I think you'll you would start knowing it just by the the fruit, um, and seeing God's hand Amen. in your life when you are looking back, and it's like, man, look at the wonderful things He's done. Mm-hmm. Hmm, we are glad, and to be able to see that piece. I remember hearing somebody say, "We are saved by grace alone, Hallelujah!" Yep. But grace never is alone. It always mm-hmm. changes your life. Now, not we're, we won't. We talk about direction, not perfection. Absolutely. Uh, and but if there's no direction in your life toward Christ even if you say you're saved, I think you got to wonder am I really saved? Now we all battle our flesh and we all sin and thought we're indeed daily, but if there's no directional change, there's no hungering for the Lord, that's when I'd start to wonder do I know him? So mm-hmm. I think the uh the condemnation left. You know, I still get guilty when I sin, which is quite quite more than it should be, but that condemnation bill left like i was forgiven i just i knew it mm. Mm. but then sin also just has that as a deeper heat to it where you know it's like i i that you just you got to turn from that or it's like you recognize you start to recognize things that it's like boy that's just not christ-like at all and what was i thinking when i said that to my son you know the other day mm-hmm. you know it's like wow i just i need to repent of of speaking in that tone and you know, and to restore that particular part of the relationship. And we're all in process. Right. You know, it's like uh, I feel like so many times I've got two steps forward and one step back or sometimes one step forward and two <laughs> steps back, right? And this Those, is, Go ahead, Tom. Well, I was just going to say, too, to me, Holy Communion is a big deal. Mm. It's the reminder that through the blood of Christ my sins are forgiven. I like to take it a lot because I sin and thought were indeed a lot. And it's it's just a good comfort that, yes, you are saved by the grace of God. Yeah, those Ebenezers or those little remembrances. Mm-hmm. I mean, so how much of Scripture is remember this, remember this, mm-hmm. remember this? Because, you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Yeah. I didn't sing it. You I didn't. Spoke I was it. noticing I that. Thanks, I, thanks I, I for learned. not singing that. <laughs> exactly. Appreciate it. Can you Thank just you. say that? No. Prone to wander. But, I mean, you know, where it's just like, and to, you know, to have a little, you know, the, your own grace. Um, and you have the grace from Christ as yeah. well. We have yeah. to take a little break. When we come back, lots more of Guide Talk. George Fraser, Pastor Tom Brock, Mark Senius, Brad Johnson, all around the table here. Let us know what question you'd like us to chew on. 877-933-2484. Be back in a couple minutes.
Welcome back to the show. Guide Talk is underway. George Fraser, Pastor Tom Brock, Mark Senius, Brad Johnson. Anybody want to speculate the perf- perfect length of time to dunk your Oreos in milk? Zero. <laughs> Zero? Not a dunker. You're not a dunker. No, I'm a twister, Okay, but not a dunker. Not a dunker. I, I'm a Lutheran. We sprinkle our Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sprinkling. I don't like sprinkling. I'd rather yeah. totally immerse them. Yeah. George, you might know this. What's the perfect length to dunk uh, an Oreo in milk? I can't do Oreos because I do about the whole bag. You know, right. you yeah. just start. Yeah. You have no offspring, do you? Do not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, We're the, talking early about the sin stuff. Yeah. Um, don't you find that they become less pleasurable to you as you go along? Uh, that's part of the sign, I think, too. Isn't that a spiritual growth? Well, I think, yeah, I think you always have joy. And, I mean, you, you do the things that you like to do, right? And yep. so you find joy in it. And then, but as Christ does his work on you, you've, you've, you find that you enjoy him more. Right. And so as you enjoy him more than some of the other things that you might have done before, it's like, you know, I just don't like doing that anymore. I don't like... Uh, it, it you just you just have a whole new sense of things that you like to do. I'd rather do this than that. So. Uh, to me, I mean, I had a professor that said something once, and I didn't quite believe it when he said it. But now I wonder if he's right. He said, "Our flesh, as we get older, doesn't get better; it gets worse." And I thought, no, you know, we're sanctification. You, you get holier as you get old. Well, I think his point was right. Your flesh never gets better. Your your desires for Christ get stronger, and right. and but I mean the the things that have brought me evil pleasure throughout my life they do it again if I let them. <laughs> yeah, <it's true>. you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, a lot of the things for me have gotten easier because I don't want to put the effort into doing them. Yeah, uh, or the anymore. or the result of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's yeah. that. Too. You know, that piece is <laughs> there too. But a lot of it is. I know what this brings, yeah. and I don't have the effort to run and gun anymore. Yeah. I don't know. But I think also, too, there's this like, man, I just did the very thing I didn't want to do. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, why did I do that? You know, it's just like, okay, well, you're an idiot. And, you know, then it's like, then you're on your knees and it's like, Lord, just, you know, help me, change me, transform me, renew my mind. And let's, here we go. Yeah. Here's a question uh, from a listener. Uh, Let's say we, we each know someone that has a year to live and is an unbeliever. Where would you start with them? Oh, right. Oh, man. Uh, Are you in that place uh, right now? Well, I'm like, so you you grew up in a Christian family. I did not. Mm -hmm. And so I have nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's my wife and I and nobody Mm -hmm. in our family. I mean, you know, we have our own children and stuff, but but like nobody, like my parents, her parents, her brother, my Mm -hmm. brother, just like, and, you know, nobody. And so my mom went through seven years of dementia. And it's oddly enough, she would would remember how to sing. Um, So she would sing Amazing Grace. She grew up Catholic. and. Um, and you know, they never, they encouraged me to go to church cause it was the right thing to do. Right. I'll be good in society. Um, and so that's how I kind of got into the church, but they Did never you ever really... talk to the Lord about it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, and so, you know, so my mom died last year and so, you know, but there was all those times and, you know, you're trying to talk to her, but you know, she's got blue body dementia and no real cognitive, I mean, you could improv with her like. No, I mean, we had the most fascinating, like, we should have recorded these. It's the like a sitcom, <laughs> um, just the fun conversations we'd have. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, my mom died. Did she know the Lord? I don't know. It's like, you know, there's that mustard seed of faith that's like maybe. But it's like all I know is that God is just, God is good, 
God has mercy upon whom he has mercy. He has compassion upon whom he has compassion. Mm -hmm. And if I am in heaven and she's there, the rejoicing will be fantastic. And if I go to heaven and she's not, the rejoicing is going to be fantastic. And it's like, I don't know how that's going to work, but I can only trust that it is because God is good. Mm -hmm. He has mercy upon whom he has mercy. So... Um, so yeah, that's why that would make me cry. If, you know, it's an, a, a year we had seven years, and you know, my dad's not saved, and it's like, Dad, aren't you a sinner? And it's like, well, you know, or do you ever sin or do you do something wrong? It's like, no, I don't sin. It's like, well, have you ever, you know, lied? Well, sure, but like, but that's not, you know, it's like I didn't kill anybody, and you know, <laughs> yeah. there's just not, you know, it's kind of getting that truth. And, so if somebody's hard. got a year to live, even let's say they've got a week to live. Uh, what I learned, I still do this. Uh, you buy a bunch of uh, uh, four spiritual law tracks or a bunch of peace with God, Billy Graham tracks. And, I mean, w- w- when this came true to me, I had two buddies that I grew up with, David and Jeff, and we argued evolution versus creation and all this stuff. And then somebody just clearly said, Tom, preach them the gospel. So I said to David and Jeff, can I have five minutes to read through this little four spiritual law book? And then I'll never bring it up again if you don't want to. And they said, oh, please. And we did that. David became a Christian that night. Jeff didn't, but he would tell me periodically, you know, I still got that little book. So what I would do, if if you've got a loved one that's not saved, say to them, can I talk with you about the Lord for five minutes? Read through the book. It talks about the death and resurrection of Christ. Would you like to receive Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? And if they say no, say, okay, you can keep the book if you ever change your mind. Uh, that way you've got it in their hands. If they, I mean, one other thing I did. Yeah, I was raised in a Christian home, kind of. We right. went to church every Sunday, but came home and never talked about it hardly. Hmm. And my dad was Catholic, mom was Lutheran. We'd, everybody went to church every Sunday. We all went Lutheran except for dad. But dad had a huge family, and when... Uh, all my aunts and uncles started to die. I did something that I don't think my mom was thrilled with. I sent each of them a letter, and I said, "You know, we're all getting older, and I'm, you know, we're. Uh, I want to make sure y'all go to heaven, so we'll rejoice there together, or whatever." I said, "I don't think I quite said that, but would you read this little booklet just to make sure that you know where you're going to spend eternity?" And I sent it all off to my aunts and uncles. All of them are dead, but one. I'm sure glad I sent that off. Yeah. So get a bunch of gospel tracks, you know, Absolutely. and put them in your put them in your pocket. I, I I hand them out when I'm out and about now and then. So just it's one way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we definitely all the books have been sent. All the pamphlets. Oh, have you? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, all right. Yeah, well, then you've done your thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's well. It's like what is it? Ezekiel. It's like you know, you're on the watchtower. You just got to sound the warning. Yeah. And it's up know, to them. It's, like, it's up. You know. well, when the person has a year to live. One of the worst parts about that is you're not a part of this anymore. Mm. And we all talk about it's going to end. But when you have it on the calendar, you get the concept for the first time. Yeah. And part of what I would encourage somebody to do, guys, is to talk to them about that, that we have a way that this is not going to end. And that's the most comforting thing because we have the truth. But they're not a part of it anymore, and they know that. And you start fading away, and it's a real good time to be comforting somebody with the truth that the truth is it's not going to end for you if you have Christ. And so they're very receptive if they haven't been. This is a great opportunity to comfort them and, and to see them again. 
Absolutely. We live forever. You know, I'd kind of almost like to flip the, the question in the sense that, you know, one of the things that God has taught me through the years is to pray, is to pray for that person and, and to pray for for what, what, it, what it is that they're going through. Because I believe the Holy Spirit does the conviction. I mean, we, we can talk about talking to people about things, and I think that's good, but I also think that the Holy Spirit does the conviction and the Holy Spirit does the work. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit brings them to that point where they make a, a, a choice or a decision in that crossroads of their life. And what does that look like? You know, and so I, I would pray into that and not be afraid to speak the gospel, but uh, even beyond that is to, to, to step into it in, 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 a, in a praying way. And mm-hmm. I, I really feel like God, uh, in, my, in my experience, God uses that for me a lot more. And I, and I also think it makes me aware more of what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. Yep. You know, so I'm in that moment <clears throat> as opposed to just saying something that's, <clears throat> that is meaningless to both of us. And along those lines about the Holy Spirit has to do the opening of mm. the person's heart. You know, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to receive the things said by Paul, the book of Acts. And I'm just, what I learned early on being a preacher, I, I used to be kind of of the understanding, well, if you know you're dying, you'll accept Christ. What do you got to lose? Right. Well, I've learned, I learned quickly, no. Mm. Here's, here's a guy that was dying in the hospital, and I go in to share the gospel. Nope. Well, you know, why not? Well, I've never had any use for God now. Wouldn't be right for me to turn to him now. I'm thinking, who cares if it's right? Just do it. But his heart was so hard, yeah. he couldn't do it. Sure. And people, people who, you know, there's an old saying, he who waits till midnight to repent often dies at 1130. And you can, your heart can get so hard that you can't repent before you die. And, and I've seen it. So you're right. If the Holy Spirit doesn't attack that guy's heart, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I also think the power of the invite, if anyone wants to talk to that, because, you know, I think there is that power in an invite. Mm-hmm. And you say, would you like to pray to receive Christ right now? Yep. And you're going to be surprised. There are going to be people yeah. that are say, yes. Yes, that's yep. right. Was it Matt Chandler tells a story. Um, he's a pastor down in Dallas, Texas, and he's like, he moved into a neighborhood, and it's like, people all find out I'm a pastor, and it's like, they all like look at me like they know, and so I just go right up front. It's like, you know, you you, know, you guys, I'm a pastor. We're going to talk about Jesus at some point. You want to do it now? You want to do it later? You want to do it with a beard? You want to, what do you want to, do? You want to go like right. have a, you know, have lunch? But yeah. you know, it's going to happen. So whatever you feel comfortable with, just want to let you know wow. it's coming. Yeah. Wow. Um, but you just let me know. And so that's the Matt can, Chandler way. Can I tell you my first convert? <laughs> I was 20 years old at Bethel College, taking the best class I've ever had in my life on evangelism. They, we had to go door to door with the four spiritual laws. It killed me. It was just not me. So the leader does it first, and then, then she says, okay, Tom, the next door is yours. And this 16-year-old Catholic boy comes to the door, and I said, can I read this little b- 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 booklet to you? And, and I read through, and, and I got to the point, would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And the 16-year-old Catholic boy says, you know, I would. And I thought, you're kidding. <laughs> and that was my first convert. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, just the power of the invite. I think we always have to be re- reminding each other and encouraging each other that if you're in a discussion with people and you've laid the gospel out and they've come to understand it, by all means, by all means, um, Invite them to pray to receive Christ. I have a pastor, Ken Curry, over at Bethlehem Baptist Church, and he said, no one has ever died from awkwardness (laughs) (laughs) because of the invite. No one's died of awkwardness. That's good. Some of us have come close. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Well, it also reminds me that, uh, you know, 
well, God will chase down any hole to find that. You know, he he will leave the 99 to find the one, mm. you know? And I think that kind of applies to this circumstance in yeah. my mind. Yeah. I think we've got time uh, just for Brad, for you to cut a quick introduction for Guy Talk. Welcome to Guy Talk. This is where guys talk. Just go ahead and say that. Welcome to Guy Talk. This is where guys talk. There we go. See, now we got there an, you go. an now intro you can to the run show. That every time we can run that every time. Yeah, yeah. Hi, welcome to Guy Talk. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it doesn't, just doesn't have the same gravitas. No, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm curious about conflict resolution. Did you learn it? Good night, everybody. Good night. Did you learn it anywhere? How how oh, do you boy. do it? And as men, where do we learn conflict resolution? This is a tough one. Yeah, welcome to Guy Talk. Yeah, oh, welcome yeah. to Guy Talk. It's yeah. gone deftly silent. Yeah. This is my right. favorite band, by the way, Awkward Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you did you your parents ever say this is how we do conflict uh-uh. resolution? No. So no no no. George, uh-huh. you? Oh, mine got divorced. Okay. Ah! You know, so, uh, <laughs> well, there you no, go. <laughs> I, you know what? My initial thing is to get out of there. Yeah. Well, I flee. Okay. I think, this I is think a most Fair? of us like I'm, to avoid, you know, I like to avoid conflict, but I think we all do. But, you know, in times where I don't want to avoid conflict, sometimes God convicts me because then I'm like the steamroller, right? I want to, you know, oh, here, here's how, we're, here's how it's going to be. Boom, boom, boom. This is the truth. And, you know. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I've done that in my relationships before. Do you nuke it then? Yeah, you know, sometimes invariably what'll happen is, you know, you have to go back and apologize, you know, for steamrolling somebody. <laughs> oh, I do know, yes. Yeah, you know. I do. <laughs> is the tendency to say what the honest what your honest feelings are, or is the tendency to say what you think is going to produce the best outcome? Yeah, I, I I lean towards being a people pleaser. Okay. For sure. <laughs> Just well, that's the optimist in me. Oh well, you know. So, but, um, but I'm learning to be more patient in those conversations and, you know, uh, my wife will just say, stay here, just, you know, we're going to sit down and you're going to stay here. And I have a tendency to kind of want to wander and, you know, move my feet when we have conversations. But, um, but yeah, just, you know, it's a work in progress and we're much better at it than we used to be. So, yeah, you know, we're still... Work in progress away. is a yeah. good way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's perfection and not direction. I mean, it's it's, it's about direction, not perfection. Mm. But sometimes I think we get that flipped around where we want perfection. Yeah. Mm. And we're, we're take... so surprised when somebody sins. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take one more break, and then we'll come back with our last segment of Guide Talk. Thank you for listening. If you have a question, let us know what it is. We'll tackle it. 877-933-2484. Be right back. Welcome to Guy Talk, where guys actually talk. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? I like to stop my feelings. (laughs) We ignore our feelings. All right, Scott asked this. Conflict resolution. Mm, Yeah. I have no idea. Scott asks, uh, please ask your guests if they've approached a relative who was an atheist about hearing the gospel. What did you do? How How did it go? I think we chatted about that a little bit. Maybe we can flush that out a little bit more. I mean, I had my my brother married a um, uh, just sort of a, a Jewish woman, not sort of a Jewish woman. She is, um, and that was a uh, that was a big source of conflict because um, she was just she wasn't like a she wasn't practicing or anything, just ethnically that way. 
And um, there's, I mean, that has always been a source of just major pain. And, um, you know, and so we had, her daughter got married uh, last year. So my niece uh, got married last year. And uh, my niece, I mean, I, oddly enough, is a, I think, a beginning Christian and um, had the pastor who uh, performed the service and, you know, went right to Ephesians. And, you know, and so it's like there's some pretty gnarly, you know, where the, you know, man needs to, you know, woman needs to submit to the man and man needs to die as Christ died. You know, you need to die for your wife. And so all of that just kind of went, you know, wonky on her. And she was just ready to, you know, explode um, at that service. And, you know, having that conversation afterwards was really very difficult. But, you know, it's, um, I think, you know, what we talked about just before was just, you know, you got to have the invite, as Bill, you said, and the prayer, Brad, you mentioned that. And then Tom, just that, you know, here's the gospel, Mm -hmm. you know, here it is, you know, hell is hot and Jesus Mm -hmm. is really Mm -hmm. beautiful. And, and just lay it out there and, you know, let the gospel be offensive and not, let's not us be offensive. Mm -hmm. I like that. What is, uh, what is breaking your heart right now? What is breaking my heart? Yeah. Is that the question? Yeah. I'll tell you what's breaking my yeah. heart. What's breaking your heart? Last night I was zooming through stations. I don't have cable. I just have regular broadcast TV. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple minutes of a horrible ABC show called Bachelor in Paradise. And they had <laughs> a scene of two lesbians intimately making out. And it went on and on. And I turned off the TV and I thought, how America has fallen it just it broke my heart. Kids are seeing this. I, ABC, of course, is being hip and showing how wonderful they are and how pro-gay they are. It just made me so angry. So that's that's what's breaking my heart. I had to, I, I periodically I call places and say what, but anyway. Hmm. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Anything else? Um, you know, I just like to. I think. When my wife and I get together and we talk about things, it's just, you know, I think sometimes you just, you want to see um, more spiritual growth in your children. And it's really hard when you want them to be at a certain place and they're just not there. And just to have that patience for them to get there where that little seed is planted um, as they wrestle with, you know, making their faith their own after being in your house for so long. And now they're at college or graduated from college. And, you know, as they try to find their way and, um, you know, and it's just that's, you know, it breaks your heart when you sometimes see them make the same mistakes that, that you did when you were that age. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then you try not to make it about you. And then it's like, um, so that's, I guess, what's been on our heart. And then yeah. how can we love them well um, amidst of that and not be, you know, judgmental? When we were talking about conflict resolution, I think I might jump back to that. A listeners, a female listener said, um, Good advice would be to listen to a good woman, not as a nagging woman, but one that loves and wants growth. Another listener jumped in and, and said, where is that woman? Oh, whoops. Right, right. Excuse me. Another woman just said, <laughs> another listener just said, I just got married and we're struggling with conflict resolution. My husband likes to avoid or steamroll. How can I approach him effectively? Oh, boy. Is that from somebody that shares the house with me? Or is no. <laughs> yeah, your wife wrote that. <laughs> I think that's a pretty typical story, yeah, isn't it? I do. I, th- I think, you know, it's similar to my experience, you know. And uh, I think, you know, one thing I've learned for me, and I can only speak for myself, is when I start to having these kind of conversations, especially with my wife and other people I love, my children, uh, my friends, my family, 
you know, I, I, I just really, I, I keep coming back to prayer. Mm. You know, for me, I, I need to pray. And that puts me in a place where I'm in a, a, I'm in a better way and ready for whatever that is. And every time I've prayed or people around me have prayed, I've, you know, I, I always have this thing I say is, is I, I've never been sorry that I prayed. In my life, I've never been sorry that I took it to the Lord or to the altar, and uh, it puts me in a in a place. And, and it's not just about the prayer for for me. It's also it puts me in a place where I'm thinking about the right stuff at the right time. So that that's my little two cents on that. I like that. Anybody else? I think the problem with conflict resolution for me is the reason we're having a conflict is somebody doesn't think I'm right. And I don't think they're right. And I always try to do what I think's right. I'm wrong all the time. But that's kind of where it starts. And so the ego gets in there for me in that I'm not getting what I want or what I think I should. And then you kind of want to defend your ground. Yeah, totally. And uh, what I need to work on more is to be more Christ-like and get my ego out of it. And that's been a lifelong problem for oh, me because yeah. I want to, then you get in, you want to win, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Pride. I mean, that's, that's, you know, big deal. Um, but as far as how to approach us, I think that was the question that she asked. I mean, I think um, probably not guns blazing because um, that's probably going to be a <laughs> little bit more, that's going to rile me up. And I think just a tender heart and, you know, to really kind of preface the conversation or even just my wife does it. And it's very, I mean, you know, sometimes she's like, you know, you don't like conflict resolution. And um, but there's I do. Um, I want her to speak to me. And I, I think when it's it's best when she says, you know, I think we need to talk about something. Can we talk about that like at six tonight. Would that be all right? It's like, oh, OK, then I'm going to get my mindset. So I'm not. I don't feel like I'm blindsided, but just where she's asking, it's like, hey, let's talk about some stuff. I got six things we need to, you know, figure out what we're going to do as far as, you know, some things that, that we need to do in our house, whether it's who's going to do what or whatever. And I think that's really calmed things down. It's been helpful for me. And it makes the conversation a lot more enjoyable because you're, you know, you're, you know you're going to be talking about it. So now I can be a little bit more measured and listen. Mm-hmm. So. How have you guys dealt with criticism in your life? I mean, I'm, most men don't deal well with it. <laughs> well, it's really difficult when you're right. <laughs> you know, because I, then the criticism is unfounded, of course. Of course. I, I, I mean, I love criticism. I mean, I like when I'm criticized. I don't like it. But mm-hmm. I mean, that there's, it feels like there's always a nugget of truth um, in there somewhere. And so it's like a fish dinner that comes at you. And so you got to pick out the bones to get to the meat. Yeah. And so there's got to be something there where, you know, may, may not agree with that. But it's like, well, what caused that to happen or for them to feel that way? And so like, oh, OK, well, I guess I can see that. And then I then I ignore it and just go on my merry way. Mm-hmm. That was sarcasm. I got that. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much sarcasm. Don't don't use sarcasm in conflict resolution. That that's for sure. <laughs> You know, I was over the same church for 29 years, wonderful church, and the Bible says speak the truth in love, not mm-hmm. speak the truth with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I know some people that speak the truth, and it's their truth, but it's with a sledgehammer. Yeah. And other people who are so kind and humble and gentle about it, you can't not hear what they say. Right. So I think, you know, Paul said, Timothy, uh, uh, correct your opponents with gentleness, and I think that's the key. 
is if somebody comes to me and they're gently criticizing me, my ears are a lot more open than, you know, you jerk. So, Yeah. When I have a criticism come to the show, I always welcome it. I always think I, I really I'm open to being corrected all the time. Please correct me. Cause, and I feel this great responsibility of being on the microphone thinking, wow. I, as the gatekeeper, uh, I, I want to make sure that I'm great. telling the truth and representing uh, the scripture accurately. And you say a lot of words in two hours, and you got to make sure that they're all making sense because what you say and what's heard is not always the same. Mm. Yeah, when you read First Peter 4, somewhere in there, it's like you speak the oracles of God. It's like, huh. Well, that's kind of heavy. I speak yes, the oracles is. of God. So it's Christ in me, and I'm, spe- I'm an ambassador for Christ. And so the things that I say matter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that I have a tendency to ignore that many times during the day. Yeah. That wraps up Guy Talk. Uh, thank you to George <laughs> Fraser and Brad Johnson, Mark Seamus, really and Pastor Tom Brock. Yeah, and uh, oh, there's no cool. clear winner today, but you all go home with the home version of Guy Talk. <laughs> I want the washer-dryer. No, I know you do, Tom, but you're I not want getting the, it. I want the roti- r- r- rotisserie. Dick yeah. Van Dyke reference for those yeah. of you playing along at home. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on and doing the show. It's been great having you here. It's been fun. Thank you, George. Thanks. Thank you. We're going to uh, take a little break. When we come back, the amazing and beautiful Queens of the Roundtable. Thanks for listening and supporting Faith Radio, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.